Amin Reina here from Sage Investors, and I'm here to do a quick mind map uh, analysis of my decision to buy shares in Alphabet Incorporated, ticker symbol G-O-O-G-L. This video can also be heard in podcast form. Uh, you can download it, download it through my website, sageinvestors.ca, or through Apple Podcasts. Uh, Google is, or Alphabet, has been a company that I've had on my wish list for a long time, but I've never really gone around to buying it. I always thought it was a little bit pricey. But recently, the stock I've found has looks like it's, it's kind of been languishing compared to what the rest of the market was doing. And it kind of compelled me to... Uh, maybe want to take a little bit of a quick look and see if maybe there is a, an opportunity to to get into this stock. So every time I'm looking at a company or I'm looking at a stock for investing, uh, there's always a series of questions that I keep asking that I will ask about every company that I analyze. And ultimately, when I answer these uh, eight questions, I usually have a pretty good idea whether I want to buy or sell or not even go near the stock. So what I like to do is just t- apply that those eight questions and share with you how I responded to those eight questions as it pertained to um, Alphabet. I'm going to call it Google from now on. I'm still not there with the Alphabet concept yet. So first question I always ask every time I'm looking at a stock to invest is, is what do they do? What do they sell? What products and services do they sell? What is their value proposition? What makes this stock um, unique or makes this company uh, unique? So when we look at um, Google, uh, the easy answer that you can think about is when we think about Google, we think about search. And so ultimately, they are a, a, a search engine um, at its core. And when Google and Alphabet was formed many, many years ago, it was, uh, it was deemed to be a search engine. So, but what, you know, that's kind of like the base level, first level thinking that I kind of look at it. But if you were to look at it from a second level thinking about uh, perspective of what Google is to me, it's, it's all about... Um, you know, their value proposition is basically access to information. They want to be, when, when you are out there and you are looking for an idea, a problem, solution, doing research, trying to find information, when you want to look for information, they want to be the hub. They want your search, your journey to acquire information that you need to go through them. And so, and it's when Google started, it was all about just a website, going to a website and search. But now um, they've expanded, and now their their hub is now uh, comes in a variety of forms. It's it's visual, so now they have um, YouTube. They have a visual component. Um, they have. Uh, your search for information can go through your phone, your smartphone. So now they have an operating system now called Android, which runs on a significant amount of phones. Uh, when you use an Android phone, you are going through the Google universe. And so essentially uh, what Google is, is, is an ecosystem of information. Um, ecosystem information. That's what Google is. That's what they're all about. Um, next question that I ask is, okay, that's great. That's what they sell. That's what they're about. Um, who do they compete with? Do they have any competitors? And the answer is yes. Um, depending on the type of area in the ecosystem, the information ecosystem you're looking at, there are competitors for Google. Um, 
at one point, um, a lot of people could, you could say that Google is, has been, or is, continues to be the dominant search engine out there. When people are on the web searching for information, they're using a they're going through Google, and but that's changing now also because there are other players now that are kind of entering the search engine um, domain, namely Facebook, uh, Amazon. Are, have have become really big players in the whole advertising market uh, of, of of information. Um, when we look at the mobile side of it, you know, Google's primary competitor would be would be Apple and their iOS platform. And then the other area where I think Google has a significant comp competition is is the entertainment side. The, when, we're, when we're looking at Google from the, the YouTube perspective, their prime competitors would be uh, a Netflix, um, a Disney, uh, even, a, even an Amazon also. And then also your traditional broadcasters, traditional media, I get from that sense of it. Um, so there's a lot of competition out there for Google, even though from a, from a search perspective, they pretty much own the search market, but it's starting to, as I said, there's companies out there that are starting to chip away at it. Um, next question that I'll ask is, who do they sell to? Like they've got this pro these products, they've got some competition out there. Who, who's buying stuff? Who's consuming um, Google products? And essentially, uh, there really is no segment, uh, specific uh, customized segment. It's, it's really anyone um, looking for info, looking for info, you know, be it um, text, video, sound. They're like, if you're looking for information, you're going through, you're going through, or they want you to go through their ecosystem. And so the, the, as long as really what drives the customers that would be using Google is ultimately curiosity. As long as we are as human beings have that, uh, that curiosity, uh, that inquisitiveness of wanting to ask questions, um, there will always be, then Google will have always an endless amount of customers. And that's, I guess, what makes the whole uh, Google concept quite uh, alluring is that it's the, the customers are endless and the, possibility, the possibilities are endless from that side of it. So that leads us to the next question. We've got a bit of an idea what the company does. We've got an idea of the level of competition out there. We've got a little bit of an idea of who their customer base is. At the end of the day, as investors, it comes down to do they make money? And as ultimately, as investors, we want to invest in businesses that are profitable, that are, can generate tangible uh, economic profit, create returns on invested capital that are greater than the cost of capital. So when we looked at Google, um, when you look at their return on invested capital over the last three years, it comes in or they've come in in a range of between 46 to 58 percent, which is really, really solid, <laughs> which is very solid. The cost of capital is about 10 percent. Again, so this is a company that is generating uh, very solid, very consistent cash flows. And, and a lot of cash flows. Um, 
company is growing essentially at about 20% a year, which is, you know, crazy. Um, so this is, a, this is a solid wealth creating company, consistent, solid wealth creation, tangible wealth creation. The next thing we want to check out, though, is the financial strength of the company. How strong financially is this company? Is this company in a position that they're going to be in business for a long period of time, or are they going to go out of business in three to six months? So for us to figure this out, we need to take a quick look at the company's balance sheet. And when we look at the company's balance sheet, there's about three areas we want to focus in. We want to focus on the company's liquidity, their ability to pay off their short-term obligations. If you look at their balance sheet, they uh, last time I checked, they had about 126 billion in cash. And the amount of cash that they have is greater than the amount of long-term debt. So to me, a sign of a really strong company is if a company has more cash in the bank than the amount that they owe, um, that means they're going to be around for a long time. It means that all they have to do is just cut a check with petty cash and they can pay off all their debts tomorrow. That's a sign of a pretty strong company. Um, when we look at their debt levels, uh, it's pretty minimal. In fact, it's, it's in, when you're looking at Google and the size of Google, it's, a, it's, it's next to nothing. They have about $4 billion in, in, in debt and in long-term debt. So as I said, they have $126 billion in cash, $4 billion in debt. So they can pay their whole debt load and they can pay their debt off tomorrow with, with petty cash from like you know their piggy bank or something like that. Um, finally, the other area we want to take a look at with the company's uh, financial strength is the quality of their assets, quality of the balance sheet. Um, when I look at uh, Google's uh, intangible assets and Goodwill, they make up about... Uh, 7% of total assets. So here's a company, str you know, strong demand for, for their products, um, create tangible wealth, solid, rock solid balance sheet. Everything so far is looking pretty good for, for, for Google from so far from what I can see. The other thing we have, the thing we have to also do is to mitigate that is we need to look at the other side. We could look at what could go wrong. What are the risks that a company like Google might face? And so there's a few things that are that could are, that, are, that are a little bit unsettling that could pose uh, some issues for the company. Uh, one would be their dependency on on search. A significant portion of their revenues is still coming from their search engine platform. Granted, that search engine platform is like the goose that lays the golden egg. It's just the most unbelievable cash-generating, profit-generating machine that's, I think, on the planet. Um, but a lot of the business, if you look at all the other businesses around Google, around Alphabet, they're not as profitable or hardly as profitable. Google has a significant investment in a lot of R&D and a lot of that R&D from the financial statements have not been very profitable, have not yielded a lot of successful results. If you look at Google in a sense, they've essentially been a one-trick pony. Even though they've gotten Android and Android has pretty much prolifer proliferated the whole smartphone area, um, mobile technology, um, it's not very profitable because they're giving it away. They're not really making money. They're not monetizing it uh, as effectively, say, as Apple. Apple is just printing money uh, off their proprietary iOS uh, platform. Uh, 
risks are also the, uh, the when we talked about the competitive side there's a lot of competition going in this space and a lot of emerging competition in the space and another risk is potentially they could get marginalized um, uh, out of their ecosystem as I said there's a real big push out there by the Facebooks, by the Amazons, by the Apples to to be to develop their own ecosystem and become the ecosystem of choice. So when people want to buy things and want to order groceries and you know consume information, there's a lot of competition out there um, for people to buy things in their ecosystem. So Google, as part of their efforts, is trying to build an ecosystem. And there's a potential out there that somebody like an Amazon or a Facebook might upend them. And uh, so one of the things that leads to another risk factor really with the company is the concept of hubris is, you know, um, just kind of getting a little bit full of themselves and thinking, hey, no one's going to, you know, we're Google, we're the dominant search engine, no one's going to challenge us. And uh, there's a risk out there that they may, you know, could see a similar fate, uh, a similar fate as, uh, as Microsoft. Uh, experienced. That's possibly out there. And then finally, the other major risk this company, and I think it's a big reason why the stock has been kind of languishing in the last while, is the regulatory factor. There is a lot now more chatter uh, of, you're hearing a lot more chatter now uh, from the government side about, is this company too big? Does this company need to be split up? Does this company need to be stripped down and broken into a lot of different smaller pieces to allow for more competition? Because right now, when you look at the search side of it, Google is pretty much owns it. Uh, Facebook, between Facebook and, and Google, in terms of advertising, um, they have totally destroyed the whole traditional advertising model. A lot of the advertising now is shifting away from traditional media into, into either Google or Facebook. They've got the people, they've got the traffic, they've got the eyeballs, um, and they're charging for it, and they're charging lucratively for it. And so a lot of people are wondering, okay, is this thing getting way out of hand, and do we need to straighten up these type of, uh, these particular big tech giants? And so that is a risk. Um, so there's a lot of issues right now that Google is facing, and, it's, and I think that's ultimately what leads to the final question, which is, is the stock cheap? Like we've done our little quick little tour of this company and we know it's in businesses that people want. There's a lot of demand for these, what Google does. They've become an iconic brand. Um, it's one of the most recognizable brands on the planet. They make tons of money, solid financial position. There are risks, but the way the company is evolving and structuring themselves, they seem to be very much willing to meet on that risk. Granted, there's some hubris, there's some potential ego here that could maybe follow it, make it follow a similar fate as Microsoft. It's there. And then there's the possibility that the company could get broken up. And that concept is becoming much more vocal now than it, than it ever has. And so it ultimately feeds into the question, okay, taking all this into account, is, is, this, worth, is this a stock that's worth picking up? So when I look at Google from a, two, a couple of different perspectives, and this is what really got me interested, the stock was trading in the about $1,100 range. And it's kind of just been floating around there, muddling around there. When I look at the valuation on a relative basis, trades about um, 25 times uh, forward 
earnings. Um, the median with Google is about uh, median in the industry is about 38. Um, just to give you some concept context here, Facebook trades about 21. Forward earnings and Twitter, which I haven't even talked about, is trading about 45. So the stock is, <clears throat> it's not a cheap stock, but relative to other stocks, it seems to be a bit cheaper right now. Um, when you look at it from a cash flow perspective, discounted cash flow perspective, um, I've seen models crank out between, in terms of an intrinsic value, between $1,400 to $1,750. So when you look at it from that perspective, um, stock looks pretty cheap right now, given it's trading at about $1,100 right now. So what does this all mean? So I think what's happening right now, what's, I think when I looked at Google, I thought the real reason why the stock's been languishing is this regulatory overhang. Um, I think this is a factor that's, that's languishing it. And it's possibly, there's a potential where this stock could either just drop to a much lower level or become dead money and trade in a certain range at some point. The reality is, if, if that is the case, this company continues to print money. And that's the part that's kind of the alluring part as an investor. This is a company that has a dominant position in a lot of areas and is a big player in a lot of areas and potential to be a much bigger player in some of these areas if it builds out its ecosystem effectively and builds a really strong ecosystem. Um, but the question is, is this regulatory concept? And so right now, a lot of stuff that I'm reading, read it, I'm read it from a perspective that this is going to harm the company and put this company about, and that's well, you know, why the stock's been tracking down. I thought I maybe looked at it from a different perspective that there's two ways this could go. Google could either just continue to do what they're doing and continue to generate strong profits and you know continue to print a ridiculous amount of money, or they could, down the road, if they see the writing on the wall and they see, you know what, the government's going to come in and force them to do some stuff, um, they might take a proactive approach and, um, you know, spin out and spin out and, and, and just spin themselves off. They may not even wait for the government. They may just go out on their own and say, hey, you know what, we're going to split YouTube. We're going to spin off YouTube. We're going to spin off the Android platform. Uh, division. We're going to spin off search. And so the question is with these companies, and it's not just Google, um, you can look at the same things with Amazon, you can look at it with Facebook. The question is, um, do, are the parts could be worth more than the sum? So to me, when I'm looking at Google, I'm not, you know, I'm looking at definitely from the profit perspective and the cash flow perspective. But for me now, I think with this regulatory overhang here, and the fact that the market is kind of just trudging along with it, I think for me, if you're, for me to consider buying Google, I have to think of it more, um, not so much from a profitability perspective, I have to think about Google really, if I were to buy Google, it would be really more of an asset play. Anticipating that a scenario where the company just splits itself up, either voluntary or involuntary, into smaller pieces. And usually the history that I know of with investing is that when companies spin off, they tend to those share prices tend to increase a lot more and a lot faster uh, when a company engages in that kind of financial uh, re-engineering. So 
when I looked at all these factors, the fact that the stock's trading at about you know, $1,100 range, it's got a potential value of about fourteen dollars to $1,750. is a dominant player in the search engine. It's a, it is a best-of-breed technology company. Um, it's generating ridiculous sums of economic profit, rock-solid balance sheet. There are threats, but if Google's management team is on the ball, they could be maybe a bit proactive and use this kind of potential breakup concept out there to maybe spin off parts of the company and generate some more uh, upside on their stock price. So when I looked at all these factors, uh, these are the factors. This is really what drew me to ultimately make the decision to, uh, to buy the stock. And that's what I did. I ultimately made a decision to buy shares in Google. So there you go. That's my analysis of my decision to buy Google. Um, if you're interested in other videos, uh, where I, and other podcasts where I walk through a similar analysis of other, of my other investment decisions, you can check them out on my website, sageinvestors.ca or through the podcast, uh, which you can download through Apple podcasts. So thanks a lot for listening in. Thanks a lot for watching in. My name is Amin Reina of Sage Investors and we'll catch you again another time. Bye-bye.